everyone got one What's your opinion? This is the rare room Tongues won't be bitten Ain't no rules Just spill it And anybody can get it No limit We get to kill it You tuning into the thrillers And no, ain't no stopping no. Any topic Even the random I hope that you ready We entering in the zone soon We on a grown shit Welcome to the rare room What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room, where we keep it real, we keep it opinionated, and we keep it 2022, y'all. Yeah, on this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. So, Chris Derrick is out today. Um, Lisa hasn't been here in a long time, actually. We haven't had her on in over a year. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. She just got busy, and, you know, I haven't heard from her. Okay. So, it is what it is. Uh, we miss her, you know, we hope she'll come back whenever and, yeah. you know, she's kind of known to just kind of disappear and pop up seven months later and whatever. So, uh, we love you out there, wherever you are. Um, so, if you guys are grown, let's go ahead and get into the show. So, today we got my man in the building, big bro, writer, producer, showrunner, exec producer, director, author, <laughs> look, so I, many things. I can cook, too. You can cook? Uh, oh, yeah, I've been to your house. I've seen you. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you never know what you might need to do. Exactly. Chuck Rose in the building. How you doing, Chuck? I'm doing all right, here. It's How been a doing, minute man? since I've seen you. It's been, well, it's been a minute since anyone has seen yeah, anyone, that's I true. think. <laughs> that's true. That's true. So how you been? What you been up to the last couple of years? You know, how you been handling yourself during, during I call it the Rona, during the Rona and all that? How's the family? Family yeah. is good. Thank mm-hmm. you. Like everybody else, you know, it's been a challenge adapting to what Corona's done to the world, right. what Corona's done to our business, right. um, what it did for my family. You know, my kids basically missed middle school. They had to do it all online. Wow. But it shows us what we're capable of doing yeah. when we have to. Yeah. You know, we're, we're very adaptable. Well, you, luckily you have a close family, so you guys can tolerate each other, I'm sure. I'm we assuming. are very close, <laughs> and if we weren't, we sure would have found out. <laughs> so it was, if anything, it's like, wow, I really love these people. Right. If I have to be cooped up for two years, I, I couldn't be more fortunate than to be Indeed. cooped up with my wife and kids. Indeed. So I'm thankful for that. Yeah, I was still, I was, I was telling you offline, I was still, seven days a week, I was still coming here. Right. You know, like, luckily... They didn't um, make it so that our building couldn't come. So I would just, you know, mask up and bring myself in. And every time I go to the bathroom, I'd spray then and I'd, you know, the doors. And yeah. I was doing the whole thing, you know, that everybody else was doing. And I was the only person here. Did you feel you know? like Will Smith and I am legend? <laughs> was it like you're the only person left in the world and there's... Only, like, probably the first few weeks because there was nobody driving on the streets as much. Right. So you go out where it usually is traffic and there'd be six other cars, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? <clears throat> so that was... I'm sure you did. You saw it too. It was just strange. Yeah, you know like, what I mean. Oh, I can drive to Santa Monica in 20 minutes. Yeah, it usually takes two hours. So. <laughs> exactly. The only problem was there was no reason to drive to Santa Monica right. <laughs> because there were no meetings. Right. And then things started to pick up, and we started to work remotely. And I've been busy, you know, doing mm-hmm. a lot of development. Um, fortunately, writers were the one group of people that could keep working right. during the early days of COVID. But certainly. You know, COVID. welcome to Hollywood, Chuck. You hear yeah, that? Uh-oh, they're coming. Did I say something? Yeah, they're coming to get you. They're coming to get me. All right. <laughs> what did you do now? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> I knew you were a thriller writer. There's a reason for this, CILC. <laughs> I've been looking over my shoulder all my life. <laughs> he is the bone man. <laughs> but it's been 
nice seeing you know production start up again but certainly the world has changed it's sort of like you're walking along the beach after mm-hmm. a hurricane and right. you're seeing all the Debris. trees that were blown down <laughs> <laughs> You know, you're there, trying to there sit was, through there, it. There was a positive thing that came out of it, though, to oh, an please extent. tell me what it is. Here, here okay. was the positive part. Um, on Twitter, mm-hmm. <clears throat> there were, you know, as you know, lots of hashtags jumping off. You know, um, WJ Staffing Boost. There was, you know, um, Payback Hollywood. Like, so many different things came about where writers could, for example, say... Um, hey Chuck, dude, loved your show Art of Art of War. Art of More. Art of More. I always say War. Mm-hmm. It's just a habit. Um, Art of More. Loved your show. Um, I write shows similar to that. I write them like this. Here's my thing, right? And you'd be like, Oh, this dude, this girl, this dude sounds interesting. All right, I'll I'll read ten pages of you. Like that was happening every day, all day long, from guys you're on your on your level. Yeah, I mean, I did notice there was an uptick in viewership because mm-hmm. Art of More, which is on Crackle, it right. started, it was their first one-hour scripted drama. And then Amazon picked it up. Right. So now you can watch it on Crackle or Amazon. Right. And I definitely noticed that, you know, viewership and residuals picked up during... Yeah, that's not, that's not a bad thing. <clears throat> uh, and I got, I got more active on social media. So right. I did find that I was hearing from people more and I've gotten more connected with some of the writers groups online mm-hmm. which I have to be honest I, I didn't really I wasn't very involved in that before but I, I got more involved in it because you needed to find other ways to connect with people yeah for sure but it became just like this thing where and you know myself you know you know I'm one of the leaders of the guild so I'm always you know on some you know I'm the co-chair of the black committee I'm the co-chair of the education committee <clears throat> et cetera, et cetera. and so it's always put me in a position where when people like you are staffing and you just can't find the right person I'm getting especially during staffing season like so many I think I had two dozen you know emails from showrunners or co-EPs you know who are helping staffing going hey Hill you know anybody who's a black female queer you know anybody who's a you know this this and this see normally if you got an email from like that it would be it would be not a good thing but when it comes to staffing yeah it's it's appropriate to ask that yeah everybody and and the showrunners are very specific about you know what they're trying to fill in for their blanks on the room right and and so that's the thing that I'm noticing where um and luckily, you know, I have such a strong role at X and we have a thing called the Black Book, which it has, I mean, every writer who's ever been in, in the Committee of Black Writers were all in this book and it has the bios in there, you know, it's a whole, et cetera, et cetera. And so um, I can immediately go to it and be like, who's the comedy, who's the drama, who's the horror, who's the sci-fi, you know what I mean, who's the right. thriller, and find seven people immediately who's on whatever level, you know what I mean, so it makes it easier for me to help, right. you know what I mean? So in, anyway, all, of, all I was saying was during that time, it allowed a lot of my friends to be getting staff who wouldn't have otherwise because maybe we also let our agents go, so we all had to work with each other. So if I knew that Chuck was staffing, right. you know what I mean, I would be able to reach out to Chuck and be like, yo, Chuck, I got six people if you're looking for somebody. Yes. You know, whereas before, it's just a dance you have to play with the agents. And the, you know, so yeah. it, was, it was a lot looser. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, staffing, I... I feel like and other people have told me staffing has always been a mostly relationship driven sure. process. I mean, yes, you've got 
agents submitting and you've got writing samples and you you know I, I most showrunners I know say well I read every sample that comes in and and I I think they're you know they mean that and they do yeah. but they still wind up hiring people either that they know or that come to them through people they know and I don't blame them I mean yeah. being in a room is tough and you want to know you can be in the room with that person you know 10 hours a day and yeah. that they'll deliver on time and but it, it is good that there's now more in terms of you know virtual contact yeah. for people to find out who's doing what well and, and it still works like every three or four months i have probably like five or six different mentees that i work with <clears throat> and i'm always telling them like every three or four months i'm like i need you guys to post just post like who you are as a writer again yeah and a, just change it up a little bit hey i'm a sci-fi guy who does this and this and, and this. Where, where do you tell them to post on twitter on twitter and Every single time, every single one of them gets somebody like you to read them. Every single time. You know what I mean? And of course, every one of you guys are working and busy at this point. But you, I, what I found, like I said, if you just say, just give me 10 pages, give me 20 pages, you surprise how many of you guys go, this dude sounds interesting. I'm just curious. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you just take the time and you'll read them and you start building that relationship with that person. Like you said, it's all about relationships. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's great when you when those ten pages because if those ten pages don't capture you, you're not reading. More. You know, yeah, you know. I believe it's one of my jobs over at um, with Ben is to, you know, is to read every script mm. that comes in, and you know, I'm the filter. You know, I'm number two over there. Yeah. So anything that comes through when we're staffing the show and we're doing whatever, it's it's my list of here's the top ten. Right. You know what I mean? Here's the top four or five, whatever it is. So everything that I have to do has to come from the guise of putting my hat on when I know he wants. And what I, not even when I think, I know him now. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. So I figured him out. I'm, I knew him before, but now I really know him. So I get, you know, the, 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 the type of things that I know he would love. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what happens when you, you know, you establish that relationship. And obviously, you know, he can't look at everything, but no. it, you're his eyes and ears. And then if you know his tastes, then, yeah. And it's good that you do that outreach and that there is the black book and that there are yeah. you know, means for writers to be seen. A lot of the writers that I'm talking to now and the writers that I'm working with are looking to move from staffing into development yep. or some of them have never staffed, but they want to move either from features into development or, I mean, I, honestly, I moved, I was primarily a playwright. Right when I sold The Art of More. I mean, I had worked in indie features and I had written and directed a couple of independent films and I had had you know, some feature script options, but I had primarily worked as a playwright when I made the jump into television. And mm -hmm. so I sort of came in you know, as a creator. Right. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm helping writers now who are trying to do that mm -hmm. uh, because development has changed a lot and it's yeah. gotten a lot I, I did three and a half years of it before I took this job, so I understood, yeah. I mean, the hardest thing is that, you know, it's all on Zoom now. You don't get to go into the room and pitch. You have yep. to pitch over Zoom, and it's different uh, than it. pitching in person, and the rules have changed, and obviously the buyers have changed, mm -hmm. and a lot of writers, just most writers, unless they've done it, don't really know what's involved in terms of getting a show on the air. Yeah. I listen to them probably every other day. I got <laughs> I got I to gotta listen to somebody pitch something. I mean, it's... It's grueling, especially on yeah. fucking Zoom. It's just grueling. Yeah. Uh, I can't stand, no matter how good it is, you zone out. You know, there's just something about it. It's awful. I hate yeah, it. you have to find ways to make it. 
First of all, you have to keep it shorter, and you have to find ways to make it visually interesting. Yeah. And, you know, it's an art form. Pitching on Zoom is an art form. And, yeah. But that's what we got to do now. So yeah. you just got to get, you know, better at it. One of my friends who sold the show um, last year, yeah, last year, a year, a year, 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 and a year and a half ago, whatever, he, he gave some game on how he sold the show over Zoom. Mm. And he did a thing where he's got his... He's got one of those stand-up, uh, you know, uh, things where you type on it, you stand up. And standing you desk? Yeah, standing yeah. desk. <clears throat> he, st- he gets in front of his standing desk. Yeah. Um, his roommate is like some filmmaker or whatever, so he's handling all his graphics and things. Mm-hmm. So, like, when he's moving on to now we're talking about, you yeah. know, the world and the guy's hitting the button, you know, and showing the graphics or whatever. Yeah. He angles it so that he's looking down at the screen, so you almost like you know somebody's looking on top of you. <laughs> he said he did it intentionally yeah. because he wanted it to feel like as if he came in the room and you were sitting and he was standing. Oh, interesting! I, I thought it was fascinating. Not just that he wanted to look like all powerful and omnipotent mm, above you, maybe, <laughs> but but that was his reason yeah. behind. Is he wanted it to feel like as if you were sitting as opposed to being level with them and it's just right. a flat whatever behind him. Right. He wanted to make sure. You know, they made a nice graphic behind him. You know, yeah. they just did all these things. But he did all these things to prep himself yeah. so that the engagement of the pitch would be much more interesting, even more than just what you have to say and the cool words you say and the way you describe things, you know, whatever. So he took you on a ride. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. that's And, you know, you can do that. You can use Zoom to your advantage because you can mm-hmm. take people on a ride. Yeah. You can add, you know, visual elements, audio elements, different, you know, backdrops and and effects and things and you know it might feel like a gimmick but at the end of the day I mean we are storytellers and that's part of telling a story anything you can do to enhance the story Mm -hmm. to make the listener more engaged and experience the show my goal has always been when I'm pitching I want them to experience the show Mm -hmm. the way an audience would and if they're engaged Mm -hmm. having listened to probably 20 pitches that day Mm -hmm. before mine then they know that an audience will be engaged and that's pretty much how I've I've sold things Mm -hmm. is you really do need to take them on that journey and you have to make them feel like they're just sitting there watching the show. I think for me, um, one of the things that made me pretty good at pitching was plus, you know, like you come from the theater too, like I do, there's something about having been a performer and there's also something about, um, uh, I'm not necessarily a hundred percent off book, but I'm pretty close. Yeah. Um, I just want to have a little room because sometimes as I'm talking, it might the word might come out a little more cleaner than when I wrote it. For me. Um, the other thing I was thinking about was, for example, I, I developed this really, really cool show for um, Ridley Scott's son. And it was a reggae show, him and Reggie Hudlin. Hmm. And we were, we were getting the pitch all together and um, you know, I had to write the whole pitch out, and every time I did, they were like, "Dude, this thing is fucking amazing." <clears throat> and it started off with like this, where we were doing a rehearsal at Ridley's office, and I said, "They're like, well, what do you want to do? How do you want to do this?" And I said, "We're gonna do the little short talk, the little small talk first, or whatever." And when they say, "What do you have for me?" I'm just gonna say, "You guys are ready," and I'm gonna say, "I'm have the assistant hit the button." Yeah. And that reggae song is going to jump on. All right. 30 seconds. Boom. And we're all going to be bobbing our heads to that beat. And he's going to hit pause. I'm going to be like, you hear that shit? That's our show. 
and I'm going to go and boom. You know what I mean? And we just start, and I start telling the story. And I'm, I'm going to do that, even if it's not a reggae show I'm pitching. I'm just going to do that from now on, just play reggae. I'm taking you into the world, right? Like you're talking yeah. about the tone. I'm taking yeah. you on a ride. I want sure. it to feel like this. Now we were in person at the time, right? So it was mm. different, um, which is also why I don't prefer you know, the, the, the Zoom thing, because I'm better in a room than I, in person than I am on Zoom. So there were so many things that we would do. Like, and I get up and I move, I do some stuff and I play characters and I, I yeah. do all these things. So for me, it's much more, it's a performance. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I can't do that there. Right. For me. Right. You know what I mean? But you find ways to do other things. Yes. You know, you, you, you turn the Zoom into its own kind of performance. Right. You know, and we've seen people do it well. And then, but it's definitely harder. But I think that the key is, don't try to make it the way it would be in the room. Yeah. Really tailor it for Zoom right. in terms of the intimacy of it, in terms of whatever visuals you can use, in terms of eyeline. length. <laughs> that's well, a hard, eyeline. That's is, a hard one is for is me. That's a hard one. Yeah. Although I, I heard a guy who likes to look down on people, and he does very well with that. <laughs> so I'm going to try that for now. I'm just going to look down on everybody who I'm working with, and I'm sure I'm going to be much more effective. That's hilarious. <laughs> So you went to, you've been developing the last couple years. The last time we talked to you, you were working on the ABC show with Viola's company and them. Yeah, I did a pilot for ABC called mm -hmm. Head Games, which was actually based on a book that I had written. Right, a thriller? And, and then it was, well, yeah, it's, I call it a neurotic thriller. <laughs> so it's it, you. It was a, yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I got the neurotic part down. I, I like to think I'm thrilling. Yes, do. It depends on the day. And I did that with, with uh, Viola and her company. And um, I actually worked with them after that. Okay, they're, they're great. They're fucking amazing. I, I love Julius yeah. and I love Andrew. Yeah. And they're terrific. Uh, I did that. And then um, I went over to Universal and I, uh, I went into an overall deal at Universal, which was great. Because mm -hmm. um, you're sort of, you get to see the studio from the inside, right. which we don't usually get to do unless, mm -hmm. we're, unless we have a show in production. But from the development, side of it it was more like we were partners which i really enjoyed right. and also gives you an opportunity to work with other people who are under deals let me let me ask you this i'm gonna be some things i know but i'm gonna be asking you like mm -hmm. for the audience mm -hmm. so just so you know so you get an overall deal what's the expectation of you like how many projects do they ex <laughs> expect you to be turning in how often are you talking with your 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 producer who you're working with in development you know stuff like that I mean, when I started there, and this was just a couple of years ago, but it was right before COVID. Mm -hmm. And at that point, the the focus was still primarily on broadcast development. Right. Because Universal was there to develop shows for NBC. Mm -hmm. And so there was a, a season to it. You know, they hear pitches in July and August mm -hmm. and September, and then you're writing them through the fall, and then the pickups are in January. You know, the traditional pilot season. Mm -hmm. So certain times of year... I was talking to them all the time okay. and I was meeting with producers and I was looking at material and we, we talked all the time and then during the summer we're out and we're pitching and then you know uh, I would sell something and then I'd be writing it and then I'd be in touch with them because you know the writing of the pilot also occurs on a pretty tight timetable right you know you have whatever it is three weeks to turn in the outline mm -hmm. and then four weeks for the script and for the first draft and you know they need them all in by Christmas time so it's a pretty tight schedule which I actually liked yeah. I, I like the pace of television yeah. 
uh, a kind of being a, a playwright is an easy. Well, no, I don't mean easy isn't easy, but it's a it's a precursor, so to speak, for that. Well, it is because uh, you know you're used to uh, working in sort of the confined spaces right. that traditional television worked in. Mm-hmm. Now TV's become a lot more like features. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know the advantage of being a playwright, of course, is that you get to hear your words in front of an audience, yes. and you get to develop you know dialogue that's active because that's all you have on stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But with T, I just I like it because people can work very quickly if they need to. Right. And now, as they're all moving to more of a year-round development cycle, which I do think in general is better. Because you don't have this feeding frenzy for two months a year, and then if your show doesn't go, you've got to wait a year to, for the next one. Horrible. If you have a, a good show or a good idea, you can bring it in pretty much most of the year. Mm-hmm. But again, our business is in constant change. Um, the buyers have changed. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's more growth of streaming. Um, NBC and Peacock <laughs> now sort of work in partnerships, so you don't just pitch to NBC, you pitch to them both. Right. And then they'll decide, oh, this is more of a streaming show. Oh, this is more of a broadcast show. So, you know, the landscape is more fragmented than it Mm -hmm. used to be. It's also more diverse than it used to be. Mm -hmm. So I always try and look for what are the advantages in any change. Like, Mm -hmm. it's easy to say, oh, God, I miss when they used to buy 80 pilots and now they buy 20. (laughs) Exactly. It's easy to do that. The challenge is to say, all right, what's better now? Mm -hmm. And how can I use what's better to my advantage as a storyteller to get the stories that matter to me on the air. Right. And that's how you have to look at it. Otherwise, yeah. you it just, keeps you, you passionate know, about it. You'll just yeah. be sitting at the bar drinking all night <laughs> complaining about the old days. Right. Um, and I'll, I'm going to wait till I'm a little older to do that. <laughs> I, I still want to be sort of making the story and not reliving it at this point. Right. But uh, to, your, to your point, I mean, you are in contact with them pretty regularly mm-hmm. and you are part of a community when you're under a deal and I do like that about it too I mean it's one of my favorite things like I said I was telling you offline about all the shows that we have and all the ones we have in development where the other writers are writing them and I have to work with all of them Mm. you know I'm their contact I'm Mm -hmm. their you know I'm their point I'm the person who gives them notes I'm the you know all that so it's it's weird to think about you know all those years of myself being a writer and producer and now I'm like a development producer it's like well, like I'm a suit, but I'm yeah. not. You know, it's like a weird thing. But the cool thing is, um, the position that I'm in because I get to you know produce the shows too mm-hmm. keeps me in a different way than just thinking I'm just somebody sitting at the desk, you know, reading scripts and giving notes and stuff like that. Because when we shoot, I'm going to the set. I'm doing stuff. You know, I'm I'm running yeah. stuff. You know, so it's uh, it's totally different. Yeah, I mean, development is still it's a creative mm-hmm. position. I mean, I think you're not really a suit unless you're like, well, I, and there's nothing wrong with that. But just, I, I think if you're in purely in the business end of it, if right. you're just doing budgets, contracts, business affairs, you know, but any, any anything else, really, if you're a producer, if you're in development, if you're at the studio, they're all creative people mm-hmm. and they all have interesting and good ideas. Sure. I, I'm doing a show now. One of the, you know, I said, you know, you've got to look at the changes as advantages. Right. One of the huge advantages that I've seen in terms of recent changes is the growth of the international market. Mm. And I've worked on a number of international shows recently. I did a show for MGM, Mm -hmm. International, 
and I'm doing uh, a pilot now for an Israeli studio. Oh, cool! Um, they do di- some dope shows over there. They do the great stuff comes out of there, um, and they're you know they're a division of Viacom. Okay. So they have relationships here. So again, the world is sort of interconnected, but you have the benefit of working with other cultures and other people, and yet there's still connective tissue between mm-hmm. between the studio and the American broadcasters, mm-hmm. but sort of learning how things are done in other countries and their approach to, you know, how shows get on the air and how mm-hmm. they work and the role of the writer, the role of the showrunner. They don't have the term showrunner in some other countries. Yeah. It's like there's the lead writer mm-hmm. and then, you know, there's the producers that really run it. So we kind of have a unique thing here in America where yeah. sort of the showrunner is is king and they don't necessarily have that there. They do shorter seasons. Obviously, their budgets are smaller. Right. But, you know, they do tell... And a lot them. of them... Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. A lot of them... I'm asking the question, too. Yeah. A lot of them, it seems, there's one or two writers on them. Like, it's not a lot. There aren't as many writers. Uh, I had a friend who did a, a show in England. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean, the rooms are small. The seasons yeah. are shorter. Um. Yeah, I mean, seasons, uh, I mean, we've seen that happen here, too. Sure. Uh, streaming now is usually, you know, 10. I mean, even in cable, it used to be 12 or 13. Right. Uh, very we, few shows do 22 anymore. Well, you were talking offline about your your first season, you know, only you and maybe one other writer wrote all those episodes, too. So it's like, but season two, you guys brought in the room. Yeah, we had a bigger room in season yeah. two. Again, we were launching a new network. Right. And it was their first, you know, big budget, one hour scripted drama. Mm-hmm. So I think they were trying to keep, you know, the overhead down. Mm-hmm. And then, but even now, I, I think, you know, friends of mine that work on shows for Netflix or Amazon, I mean, the rooms are just smaller. Sure. They just are. And sure. the seasons are shorter. If Craig Mazin could write them all, you could write them all. You feel like. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so you were deve- you've been developing. Um, um, that's good. So you're doing some international stuff now? Um, I'm more, yeah, I'm working on the Israeli show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm working on a project with James Patterson, okay. um, developing a podcast of his now for, for TV, mm-hmm. which has been exciting because, you know, you're working with one of the most successful, prolific, brilliant, you know, yep. I, I, writers. Uh, I'm on calls with them all the time. There you <laughs> that's go. exactly what you you're know. talking about. Yes. Uh, so... There are more shows, even if the right. seasons are shorter, and it gives you a chance to work on a variety of material. Mm-hmm. And then I, uh, during COVID, I started doing some consulting, too, because mm-hmm. I kept getting brought on by studios and producers to say, oh, well, we have a writer, and he's never done a show before, but he's right. got an idea that we like. Will you work with him? Will you help him develop the show and, and get it set up and get it sold? Right. And I thought, I, you know, I'd like to have writers that maybe aren't at a studio or aren't with a producer. Mm-hmm to have that same opportunity. So I started doing uh, some consulting, and and you know me, you know mm-hmm. that I'm not the most um, internet or marketing <laughs> savvy person in the world, but I managed to, uh, with the help of my assistant, I managed to get my website up and running. <laughs> it's like- Somebody needs the, a PR rep or something. <laughs> I sure do. The, you know, the process is great, and I love the writers that I'm working with, and I'm really helping people uh, more, it's not like I'm, you know, some, there's plenty of coverage of services and script services. Sure. It's not that. It's about, you know, what's your idea? How can you best realize it? Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a writer who had a great idea for a show, very personal to him, mm-hmm. based on, you know, his own upbringing. And he's like, I wanted to write this for 10 years. 
I'm like, dude, write it. You're going to write it. You're going to sure. write it now. So I feel like I'm part therapist. I'm part motivational yeah. life yeah. coach. Understood. And then on top of that, you know, I, I'm doing development. And I'm, I'm finding that I'm working, I'm spending a lot more time with each of my my clients than I thought. But, you know, it's not about, oh, you get two drafts or oh, you right. get three. It's like, no, we, we, we work on it till it's ready. And, and then I don't just stop there. I, I mm-hmm. really try and help them take it out into the marketplace and mm-hmm. at least advise them. I mean, I'm not an agent, I'm not a manager, so I'm not submitting it for them, mm-hmm. but I'm helping them devise a marketing plan that makes sense for them. And again, a lot of these are writers that have not worked in the business, at least not at that level. Right. And it, it, you know, good information is everything. I mean, there's stuff that I'm like, my God, if I had known this, you know, when I first got, I would have saved years of, and that's what I'm trying to help people do is save that that time. I mean, and that's that's exactly why I do this show. Yeah, is it's a shortcut for so many people. You know, somebody listening to this conversation today is gonna be like, oh, I didn't realize that's what they do in development. Somebody, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's the little things like that that I'm always trying. Like I was on a panel yesterday, and my husband hit me up after, and how did it go? And I was great. And I said, I feel like. Out of the dozens of people who came to talk to me, there were two or three that were emotional about some of the things I said. Right. So for me, that's what I'm trying to get to. I'm trying to reach You're those You're trying to make everybody emotional? Yes. Yeah. Make them cry. Good job, man. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you, it's easy, it's easy to make writers cry. <laughs> oh, <I'm sure. laughs> because we've all been through a lot of shit. <laughs> exactly. No, it's true. I mean, you can touch someone's life and, and, and put them on another path and, right. you know, or help them find their path, really. And there's there's no greater feeling than mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And like there was a woman who came up to me and she had this great idea for this reality show. She's already been doing it, but didn't know that she was already doing it. She's got this little um, YouTube thing that she does, and you know every weekend she goes out with these group of people and they do these adventures. And I was like, "Are you shooting this stuff?" And she was like, "Well, yeah, but you know, I'm not really sure what to do." So she showed me her. Uh, the page for it and I looked at it and I went uh, you know one of the problems is she said when I says you're not telling me that it's a show you're just saying come to this page where we do a bunch of adventures you're not saying hey everybody here's my show about me teaching all these women who are scared to death to do things mm-hmm. you know what I mean you need to go there and I said you need to start all these different little um, promos where and she's a black girl and I was like most people think black people don't do these things. You could start off with a hashtag to say black people don't what? <laughs> and I said, and really? And I said, imagine this. Now she does all these adventures, right? I said, imagine you're about to jump out of a plane and we, the camera's on you and you're like, hey everybody, welcome to such and such show, this and this and this. Uh, black people can't what? And you just fall. And we watch you, you know what I mean? Black people go and get their hair dirty, boom, you jump in the water. You're like, all these different things. And she was like, oh my God. Like I didn't even know that you could do that. I was like, whatever. It doesn't have to be that. But I'm just giving you something that could grab people's attention. Right. And it's something that everybody knows or is familiar with, heard of. And you're already doing it. You're just right. not doing that. You right. know, instead of trying to make a new uh, build, all this sizzle and all this stuff, you're already doing the sizzle. Let's let them come to you. Right. You know, so anyway. and she, she was too close to it. She couldn't see it. But you she had, had no you idea. had the perspective. You yeah. had you know, the, the objective eye, yeah. and you could point it out. But she started bawling at one point when I was just telling her, like, all these different, she's like, oh my God, I didn't know I could do, this is exactly what I needed, and stuff like that, and I was like, see, this is why I came. 
you know, just to move somebody, you know. It, it's nice when you help people find something that they didn't even know they had. Yeah. I think a lot of people, you know, the answer is there. And mm-hmm. they, they sometimes it's like, it's right in front of you, right. you know. So you're doing this consultancy now. Yeah. Um, are you calling it something or are you just? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I came up with this really original name. I call it Chuck Rose Consulting. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put it in the show yeah. notes. That's no problem. <laughs> I was going to call it the Godfather, and then somebody told me that the, the, the title was taken. I couldn't get the domain name, so I just did. Oh, there's nothing just, called that. There's nothing. <laughs> oh, I, I used the wrong search engine then. Uh, it's just ChuckRoseProductions.com, mm-hmm. and it just talks. You know, again, it's about you have an idea. What's the best way to get it on the air? Mm-hmm. Should you pitch it? Should you spec it? Once you do, then how do you set it up? Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's all the things that, you know, took me, what, 15 years to, right. <laughs> to do. Right. Uh, hopefully save people a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. And like I said, part of it, with, for a lot of people, is just getting over the fear and doing it. Right. And, and having the discipline of having somebody say, all right, you know what? I, I want to see that draft by Friday. Because mm-hmm. we, we all, you know, as writers, we... We don't get that unless we do it to ourselves. Yeah, I mean, that's how I taught myself to write so fast. You know, I was just, well, it came from, I was in a writing program like in 2006, 2007. And I'm one of those guys in the, in the when you have a, a class, I'm just well read. You know, I'm somebody, I've always been ahead of most people just for who I am. And so he would ask a question like, oh, who wants to go first? I'm just that dude, right? And so he he realized where I was or something about me. So he would be like, uh, Hilliard, so we're gonna do your script. Today's Monday. Yeah, give me your outline on Wednesday. Everybody else had a whole week. He was doing shit like that to me. Yeah. Oh, your script is done? Oh, your outline's done? This is great, you know, just fix this and this. Give me your script by Friday. Like he would do shit like that. And I'd be like, how come everybody else gets to and I would just go do it. That was my deadline. Yeah. So I would go do it. And then I'll never forget when it was over. I saw him months, maybe a year or so later. And I ran into him and I was working on something. He's like, told you. I was like, told me what? And he's like, I knew you were special. I knew you had mm-hmm. something. Yeah. He's like, but I was testing you to yeah. see if you could do it faster. Because there's one thing we don't talk about is speed, you know, in this thing. And I knew you could do it. He says, you're going to be the one, when you get in a room, you're going to be able to nail it when you need to. You know what I mean? He's like, but I wanted, you to sh- I wanted you to see for yourself. So that when you left from here, you'd walk out of here never thinking you couldn't do something fast when you need to. You know, and I was just like, wow, dude, you know, that's, that's great. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, you, you hear these stories about, you know, people. I like to read bios. I like to read biographies of, of successful people. Oh, and I listen to them on Audible all day. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. Well, um, I like to, uh, especially there's everybody's got that sort of key moment where it's like they had the opportunity, mm-hmm. but you had to move quickly. Right. You had to act fast. You didn't have time to doubt yourself. <clears throat> you didn't have time to say, can I do it or can I do it? And in each case, it was like it made the difference between why I'm reading their book right. and why they even have a book. <laughs> you but, know? Well, well, I mean, piggybacking off of that, think about this. Like I listen to, there's a, there's a show I listen to, a podcast called And the Writer Is. Mm-hmm. Dope ass show. It's about songwriters. <clears throat> and how they write the songs and who they are and blah, blah, blah. Mm. And I swear to God, 95% of them wrote that big sh- song for Taylor Swift or whatever in yeah. like 20 minutes. Yeah. 
And it was like, well, we were at the end of the day, and I was just kind of sitting there, and I just asked her such and such and such, and she said this word, and I was like, and I just got on the piano, and I just boom, boom, and the whole song was done in like 20 minutes, every single time. It's the same thing with us as writers to an extent. I'm not saying it takes you 20 minutes to write a script, don't get me wrong. But the idea of the story like may, 30, may hit yeah, 30 minutes. may hit you, but you know, how many scripts have you written where everybody was like, why are you writing that? And you wrote it in like a week or two, you know, or a play. You know what I mean? You just zipped through the thing because it was there. You know what I mean? It's the same theory to me. Yeah, some of them are just burning to come out, yeah. and then some of them take a long time. And sometimes the ones that take a long time are, are very good, but I generally do feel like the things that sort of moved the needle for me the most mm-hmm. were things that just sort of like, I vomited out onto right. the page, right. you know. Right, totally agree with that. So you're working with this consultancy, I keep going back to it, because I'm oh, trying to figure fine. out, I'm trying to make sure that listeners who are listening to the show know that they can find Chuck Rose, what is it, Productions.com? Yeah, it's just chuckroseproductions.com. Dot com. And it's got all the info on there of sort of like what I do, why I'm doing what I'm doing, mm-hmm. how to contact me. And again, I, anybody who wants to call, I'm happy to talk with them. Everybody gets a free consultation. That's good. Um, and my goal is to get you where you want to be to help you to do what I did, which is I came out here, I didn't know anybody. <laughs> I had no relationships in the business. I never worked an industry job. Mm which is definitely a regret. I, I think had I worked an industry job, I would have made those kind of relationships right. much faster. But just working from the outside, working as a playwright, whose plays eventually got you know the attention of people in film and television, mm-hmm. and then created my own show and got it on the air. And that's, you know, if that's what people are looking to do, then you know, I, I try and help them go through that process and at least arm them with the information that they need and right. get their pitch or their script to the place where they can take it out and hopefully sell it. Well, I think that's great. I mean, like I said, as you know, there's so many other people in this industry who consider themselves to be consultants. Believe me, I'm approached by them all the time to come on the show. And, you know, the only there's only a few people that I, you know, support, like Pilar Alessandra and Jen Grisanti and people like yeah. that. And um, it has to do for me, like I said, I was telling you before, if I bring you on the show, I'm telling you that I'm okay with you. You know what I mean? And if I come on the show, I'm telling you that I'm okay with you. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm vetting you. I'm telling you, whoever my listeners are, that this is a cat you need to know, right? You guys are working on a project and you you got a, you hit a wall, yeah. this is the person to call. This is a guy who's actually ran a show. This is a guy who's about to run another one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Catch him in the middle of his shit while, while you have time, yeah. you know? So I'm just saying, these are the people that I wanna have, you know, on my show. These are the people I wanna sell whatever the products are that they're selling, so to speak, you know? Um, and that's, that's why it's important to me. Yeah. And it's it is satisfying work too because mm-hmm. you see people like like the woman that you help. There's something right. about helping someone to achieve an epiphany or to get where they want to go or right. to get them on the on a better path than they were on that you're just sort of paying it forward in the world. Right. Which you know, I think that's why I like my new job so much because it's like I'm being paid for what I've always been doing. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I've yeah. I'm still do, I'm doing the same thing I was doing before. It's just on a different scale now. It's with Amazon and all these other people. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's just, it's just different. It, yeah, it's just on another level. Like the the stakes are higher, if that makes sense. Yeah, you know what I mean. 
And there's just something about sort of putting good energy out into the world. Yeah. It's just, there's so much bad energy yeah. in the world right now. And I'm like, it doesn't, ha- even little changes mm-hmm. in how we behave and how we interact with other people can have a huge impact right. in, in terms of just making the world a better place. So if we can do that at the end of the day, that's something to be pretty proud of. For sure, for sure. Are you are you mainly focused on people who are doing scripted stuff? Could do you feel like you could help somebody who was doing a reality show? Or, I mean, I, I've never worked in reality. I've never mm-hmm. worked in unscripted, and I wouldn't want to advise people on something that I haven't done myself. Okay, that's why I'm at. Just asking. I mean, I'm like I said, any I'm, I do a free consultation with anybody who who wants one, mm-hmm. and I would probably say on that free consultation, you know what? Let me see if there's somebody I can refer you to right. who does that. Because um, I'm sure there are people out there who could help them. I'm just not. That's not my. That's not my primary area. Okay. Just like I mean, I've written a book, but I wouldn't really consult with somebody who wanted to write a novel. Mm. I'm probably not the best person to do that. Okay. Um, but definitely, you know, TV is my primary area of my mm-hmm. own career. Although I work in features too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would certainly, um, you know, I just had two projects that were up at TIFF, mm-hmm. and. Um, so I can certainly help people in terms of features. Those would be the two things where I feel like, all right, I have something to bring to the table. Right. Um, and then beyond that, you know, I'm sure there's plenty. I'd, I'd be happy to steer people towards someone who could help them. Okay. All right. So I'm just putting it out, pretending like I'm the audience, you know, asking you questions. <laughs> um, all right. So ChuckRoseProductions.com. Yeah. If you guys want to reach out to Chuck about anything, um, like I said, it sounds so much better when you say it than when I do. You I got all, that kind of voice. That's you do. All. You just you have that that um, that marketing savvy. That. <laughs> you just gotta say it with confidence, Mister Actor. Oh yeah, no, that's true. I was Mister Play. When I go into pitch a show, then I do. But then you know what? Then you're pitching the show, right? Then you're pitching the show. Um, While you're pitching your company, yeah. So you just gotta. Put on that hat again. Well, like I said, the people that I've worked with, uh, I've I've made an impact already in their lives. Right. So you know, it is a valuable service that we're offering, mm-hmm. and I'm really proud of it. Right. And uh, I got to get on Twitter more, man. I just uh, you just have to make it a plan. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there's there's I I haven't done it often, but I hear that you can write a tweet and set it to you know to post. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you should let people know Chuck Rose. Yeah, I do. I'm, not, you know I'm I mean? actually not on Twitter that much, but I am on Facebook and I am on Instagram. And I know a Facebook is right up there with rotary telephones in terms of their. Uh, <laughs> but uh, people still, I still use Facebook, and there are groups on Facebook. Oh, there's tons. So um, tons, and a lot of it's just through referrals and word of mouth. So it's you know I'm I'm proud of the progress we've made. I just started doing it like this year because there, things were slow. But. I don't know if you're familiar, but there's a a page called I think you want to say it's called find a producer or something like that okay. um, it might be an area where you could go on and do a little post everybody okay. and blah blah blah, blah. I, like, I, I try and put myself in the shoes of my clients and I know I'm skeptical of things mm-hmm. so I try and present things to in a way to people that they're like you know I, I would be skeptical of because there are so many people out there that it's like let's just talk man let's talk mm-hmm. and if I can help you great and um I, I would love for everybody to have the experience that I've had, mm-hmm. which is taking an idea that I'm passionate about and seeing it become a show. I think you just have to say that. Yeah. 
I think I just did. I mean, but you have to <laughs> you have to write that. Is all I'm yeah. saying. Like people hear your passion, yeah. and they see why. I mean, you might get some naysayers on there, or whatever. But it's just that's that's the result yeah. of Facebook and Twitter and social media. Yeah. Well, the website. I'm proud of the website. It's well designed, and I feel like it presents what we do in in a very responsible way. Right. Um, and it's just yeah, putting reminding people of that. Yeah, and and I'm just trying to get you to help you to draw people there. So before people get there, yeah, what right, are you going to say? It. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? We can't just ex- think, oh, well, they're only going to read it there. You know, they're going to read it where they see it first. They're going to read it where they see it. So yeah. let's plan that thing out. <laughs> you know what I mean? It could just be a little blurb or a piece of something that's on there that shows them why this showrunner is giving back this way. Or just some graffiti that I write on the wall. Whatever it is. A subway station or something. <laughs> something that makes you cool and hip. There and again, go. going back to the international thing, mm-hmm. I've got students from all over the world. Right. You know, I have a student in Taiwan. I have, you know, the majority are here in L.A., but, you know, New York, right. you know, London. I've got – and you can develop a pilot, and you don't have to live in L.A. anymore. Oh, yeah. I mean, I still think it helps, but it's not – a requirement the way it used to be even 10 years ago right. that you have to be here if you're going to break in it, you just have to have a good script yeah it's got it's got to either be hella dope or yeah. you got to know somebody because there is something to being in a place where you're at the gym and there is such and such yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean you're in the grocery store you're in the coffee shop you know wherever it is there's something about the access yeah. to somebody and building that can I meet you for coffee as opposed to a Zoom there's just something yeah. about and now that Case we're opening point, it up we, we used to go to the same gym yeah now, now that's opening up yeah. you know what I mean and some yeah. people are you know everybody's getting boosted and thank God um, and uh, it's allowing us to you know to get back in person again yeah you know and engage you know but mo- most of my meetings are still on Zoom oh yeah I mean the meetings in general yeah. um, I'm meeting people in person though um, yeah. Not everybody, but I'd say a, a, I'd say about maybe thirty five percent of the people. I mean, I, I like to do that too, but again, a lot of the people I'm working with aren't even in LA right now. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, some That's of our true. producers, and yeah. you know, if you're working with talent, a lot of them are not here. For sure. Uh, I developed a show with an actor last year who was mm-hmm. up in Vancouver shooting a series, right. but he was able to come to all the meetings because they were on Zoom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it, there are advantages to that, but. In general, I agree. It's, it's yeah. it, you should be out here, and you should belong to a gym. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's my lifestyle, and I don't know how people don't go to the gym, but that's mm-hmm. me. Um, anyway, well, thank you, Chuck. Always good to see you. Always good to see you. Yeah, it's been a minute, like I said. Um, family's good, like you said. They're all grown. Is that your son taller good. than you yet? He thinks that he is, <laughs> but I think he's got maybe one more inch to go. He can definitely do more pull-ups than I can. <laughs> and how about you? Is the car still good? Oh, yeah. The car's oh, good. Yeah. I didn't drive it today because um, I'm going out to the valley, and um, depending on what neighborhood I'm in, I don't like to drive it in certain okay. spots. Um, it gets too much attention. Yeah. <laughs> you know well, what I mean? That's what happens when yeah. you have a vintage car. And it's, it doesn't help that I'm driving, blasting my reggae music, and everybody can hear me. So <laughs> That's a good way to start a pitch, though. What's that? Blasting reggae oh, yeah, music. Yeah. There is that. There is that. I'm going to do that from now on. <laughs> and you better. <laughs> Even if it's like a British murder mystery, I'm just going to blast the reggae music. <laughs> just blast whatever the tone is that yeah. you're playing. You know what I mean? Um, I was telling somebody the other day about, um, like, I haven't written a word of a script since I've been working. Mm. This is the first time in 
20 something years that I've been writing that I've went this long without writing. I mean, but every day I'm writing something. Sure. It's just not for my scripts, you know what I mean? So I was telling him about how um, it used to be, I'd come here and I'd get here about noon every day and I work till about six, five or six hours, that's all I need Mm -hmm. for me, seven days a week. And what I do is I go to the gym, I come here, I set my alarm, 45 minutes, Mm And I have on the screen the script I'm working on. Mm-hmm. To the right of it, I have the outline I'm working on. And minimize is some script I wrote 10 years ago. You know? And the reason for that is it's keeping me moving forward. Right, where's the video game that you're playing, though? <laughs> the, I, don't, I don't hate video games. Oh, you're so lucky. Oh, I, don't get, I don't get grown people playing video games. That's just me. I'm a weirdo like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so here's the thing. Um, so my alarm goes off for 45 minutes. Yeah. I work out for 10 minutes and I change the music to whatever the tone is of the thing that I'm doing next. I go to that for 45 minutes. I change it. I work out for 10 minutes. I'm just super set and boom, boom, push us, boom, boom. And then I switch it again and I just keep rotating that till it's time to leave. So I'm constantly, I get six pages, two pages, one page, I'm constantly moving forward. That's how Agatha Christie worked. Yeah. She was jacked. People don't realize that about her because she wore the she big, was swole, huh? she wore those big blousey dresses, but underneath she was ripped man. <laughs> I just do it to keep my brain, you know, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't do drugs, so it's like my I'm I, I say I always say this, I'm very insecure. Right? So I use my insecurity as a positive. You know, I eat a certain way. You see I still got junk food in here, but I'll have like one or two of them. I don't have I don't need to be sitting there all day munching on chips. Yeah. Same bag of chips for a month. I'll just have a couple of them. They must be very tasty by now. <laughs> yeah, the rats eat them. Yeah, that'd be fun. Oh, there you go. Well, that's one way to keep from snacking. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I'm just a very disciplined person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I, I am too. I am too. That's why I'm, 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 I'm empathetic when I see people who are not. And I say, look, I, didn't, I used to be like that too. Right. And I learned how to become a disciplined person. And anyone can. Right. And I think they have to. I don't think you can succeed as a writer if right. you're not disciplined. Well, it came from my mom. My mom was like super... <laughs> she's very naggy she's always like don't do that don't do that why is your why is your shoes you know those type of people yeah and so growing up that way like you wake up and you take a shower and you come back you're like oh, I'll make my bed when I get back you by the time you came back she's already opened the door going why you didn't make your bed and I'm like I'm gonna do it when I get back <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. so she used to say this and I never forget you have to treat your house like as if you're always expecting somebody to come over. Mm-hmm. When you do, you will clean it up. You know, because you're anticipating, I don't want nobody to see my underwear over there, my socks or you know, whatever, so you just start to do it. And then I forget, when I got older and finally got my own place when I was about in my teens, um, I, wanted, I don't know if it was Dr. Phil or was somebody was on Oprah or some shit, and they were like, the first thing you should do when you get out of bed is make your bed. If you don't, you're setting a precedent for the day. If you do, so me and my husband, as soon as we get out of bed, we put our feet on the floor, he grabs his side, we put the pillows, and it looks like you just came out of a hotel. You know what I mean? And we make the bed perfectly, and it tells your brain you finished something today. So if you treat that that way, you're gonna do the next thing another way. You know what I mean? And so that stuck with me since I was a teen. So since I was a teen, I live in this lifestyle of always just a pattern. Yeah. of things that I do. You know, it drives my husband crazy because he's like, oh, I'm going to go this way today. Same routine, same drive. I'm just locked like that, you know. Kind of boring. No, it's... But it, cool. 
<laughs> yeah, as writers, so much of what we do, we do alone. So I think it is good when writers can get together and just talk about anything right. in terms of their routine or their mental process because it helps us to see, oh, you know, there's other there's somebody else out there doing stuff, dealing with the same thoughts and challenges <clears throat> that I am. Right. And it just makes us feel more connected. Yeah. And that's kind of what it all comes back to, what we started tonight, uh, today with, was about how we connect. Right. And that's one thing that we had to be more aggressive about during COVID because we were so cut off, we had to learn how to connect. Right. And hopefully that will stay with us. For sure, for sure. Well, thank you, Chuck. Where can people follow you on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook? Where are you? Uh, I mean, on, on Facebook, it's just Chuck Rose. Mm -hmm. On Instagram, I'm, what is it, Chuck Rose uh, 07, I think. Let me see, what am I here? You kids do. I don't even know how, how do I. Uh, I'll find you, don't worry about it. You'll me. find me and you'll, uh, you, you follow me on Instagram. Yes, I do. I think it's like Chuck Rose 07 or something. Right. What is it? Yeah, Chuck Rose 07. See, I was right. I should have had the confidence of my <laughs> convictions. That's where I am on Instagram, on Facebook, it's just Chuck Rose, and the website is chuckroseproductions.com. Got it. I think I made it pretty user-friendly for people. Mm. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, we'll right. try to get some people on there. Like I said, if you guys want to get some game from an OG in the business, <laughs> check out Chuck Rose, chuckroseproductions.com. Like that. See, I should do your commercial for you. You um, should. <laughs> you just did. <laughs> anyway, and I am your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter. At Hilliard Guest. I say Twitter like I'm cool, just so you know. Um, at Hilliard Guest. You guys can follow the show. Um, you can, if you have any questions, screenwritersrantroom at gmail.com. Please go on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever you listen to. We're all over the world. Um, we need that. Uh, please give us a five-star review. We need that for the metrics. <clears throat> um, please go on screenwritersrr.com. We have T-shirts on there and hats and all that other stuff like that. So uh, we appreciate you guys. And also... Um, yeah, check out the Patreon page, you know, donate there. We appreciate that too. So with that, if you guys are grown, we'll see you guys next week with Nicole Levy with her new book, uh, The Writer's Room Survival Guide. It's going to be dope. So if you guys are grown, um, keep it real, keep it opinionated, and keep it 2022. Peace, y'all. Everyone got one, what's your opinion? This is the rare one, tongues won't be bit. Ain't no rules, just spill it And anybody can get it, no limit We here to kill it, you tuning into the thrillers And no, ain't no stopping Any topic, even the random random. I hope that you ready, we entering in the zone soon We on a grown shit, welcome to the rare room